1: Network presents, this is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist, Rita Cosby.
0: And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Well, former President Donald Trump had another big win in the 2024 race for the GOP presidential nomination with a big victory, at the new hampshire primary over nikki haley so how did he do it where does the race go from here and what are the biggest issues for american voters well joining us now is somebody who knows all these aspects very well he is the great pollster for president trump and others from mclaughlin and associates john mclaughlin how are you john
1: uh very well rita
0: How's it going? You know, I what was your reaction, first off, when you saw that President Trump won New Hampshire? And also, that was a state that was definitely favorable for Nikki Haley in many ways, more than a lot of the other states in the country are.
1: No, you're absolutely right about that. And, and it was gratifying because we worked very hard and we knew this was, you know, like it was it was a nice try by uh, Nikki Haley. But you know, she came up short, and and uh, but this was the place where, of any state, she could ambush President Trump, and uh, uh, they, they, you know, all the circumstances that she wanted came together. But the Trump campaign uh, credit President Trump especially for his leadership and his and his and his speaking out on his message. But uh, this is something that the Trump campaign, under the leadership of uh, Chris Lascevita and Susie Wiles, we had planned out. Since early November, or no, well, it was probably late November, early December. We definitely had a meeting in early December where we laid out the phases of the campaign, where we knew that President Trump was in the lead in, in Iowa, and he was going to and he was going to hold that lead in Iowa. And uh, you know, you know, we didn't want to run negative ads. We were, we were being outspent by both by both uh, uh, Governor DeSantis and Nikki Haley. She had plenty of money, and Governor DeSantis had plenty of money. Uh, but they were both a distant second in Iowa, and we weren't going to run negative ads. We run positive ads through Christmas, and then after that, we were trying to siphon up votes because Iowa was different in that it's an organizational fight, and everybody had to be a registered Republican. So that's a caucus, which is different than New Hampshire. New Hampshire, on the other hand, that's where Nikki Haley. She knew that there was no Democrat primary on the other side. That's the way Joe Joe Biden laid it out. That. You know, he didn't want to be embarrassed in New Hampshire. He didn't want to have uh, a serious challenge, so he he took away all the delegates. So if you were, um, you know, if you were a Democrat or an independent, you had less of a reason to vote. And what's different about New Hampshire is there's 44 percent of the voters in New Hampshire are undeclared or independent. Only 28 percent are Republicans. Only 28 percent are Democrats. So if you're a registered Republican, you get to vote in the Republican primary. If you're a Democrat, you vote in the Democrat primary. However, the 44 percent that are undeclared get to pick the primary they vote in. So without a serious Democratic primary, Nikki Haley and her supporters went to work on Biden voters that are independents in New Hampshire, and pushed them into the Republican primary. They were basically invading the Republican primary with Biden voters and trying to hijack it. And we saw it in our Trump polling where three in 10 of the people that were going to vote uh, in the Republican primary, a third of them, uh, were uh, previous Democratic primary voters. And so what's normally like a two-thirds registered Republican primary like in 2016 and a third independents, but those independents like to vote in Republican primaries not this time it turned out to be half the voters were registered republicans but the other half were independents or democrats who had switched to come in to stop donald trump so so for nikki haley this was the ambush she wanted she could bring in anti-trump democrats and anti-trump independents who were probably not going to vote for her in november they'll vote for biden and try to ambush us and they got beat they not only got beat she got beat decisively by 11 points might be 12 when they're done counting in a historic turnout of over 330,000 voters in New Hampshire. That was the most ever in a Republican primary back in 2016. It was 287,000 when uh president Trump won that primary. And uh, uh, so she had the ambush, but she came up short. It was a nice try, but it didn't work. And Donald Trump won decisively. He, Won like three-quarters of the registered Republicans. He won almost half the independents. And this was a very decisive win this week that uh, had to be gratifying for President Trump because he was running on issues and policies.
0: You know, um, let's first talk about Nikki Haley. What does this say about her base that she did pull in a lot of these, as you talk about these, undeclared uh, Democrats who were able to sort of infiltrate, if you will, uh, the New Hampshire primary? What does it say about her base, especially going forward?
1: Well, well, it's not it's not a real base. It's not a real she's not there's no Republican state. There's no primary going forward that we can see she's going to win. She's probably going to lose, even though it's an open primary. She'll lose the South Carolina primary to Donald Trump. Donald Trump's ahead in the polls right now, and also that's the first contest where Joe Biden will be awarded delegates from a primary contest. And uh, so she, Joe Biden's already running ads appealing African American voters in South Carolina. Uh, Nikki Haley went in; she's running ads, and uh, you know Donald Trump. Where he's got a wide lead already, and uh, so. I don't know where she goes to win right now. So there is no base. And what it was was just like she came in third in Iowa. She didn't come in second. She had a horrible debate. She was seen as nasty to to Governor DeSantis. But Donald Trump was going to win with, with the, you know, half the vote. He won with 51 percent. And uh, she may have been in second in the polls before that debate that she had on CNN with Governor DeSantis. But after that debate, we had polling where she was, even though they were both distant, she was in second place. She lost the third place. She lost that debate to Governor DeSantis. So where she goes from here, I don't know. She's not going to Nevada. Nevada's on February 8th is the next contest, but it's a Republican caucus. She didn't even bother filing for it, so she's not going to get any Nevada, Nevada delegates. She's, uh, you know, She's going to face Donald Trump in her home state where the voters know her best. But the last poll that I saw there, Donald Trump was ahead sixty four twenty five. Wow! So yeah, so she, she, this this idea that she has a base, it's 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 a it's a creation a, a myth and a, a media creation.
0: What do you Northern make of the fact, too, John? Also in South Carolina, that uh, as you know all too well, you've got the two senators there. You've got Tim Scott, who of course was one of the challengers to President Trump, flanking him, cheering him on, supporting him. Right. Then you also have Lindsey Graham. You've got Henry McMaster, the governor there. I went to University of South Carolina, so I've you know I love uh, South Carolina, John. Um, but Cox. Exactly, exactly. You know it well. Um, so now, what does that do to her and her campaign? Do you? you see it going into South Carolina? Do you see there's a chance she might not be there in South Carolina or she takes the maybe potential beating in the polls and tries to live till Super Tuesday? Where do you think?
1: Um, She's got a tough decision because it's not just Tim Scott, who's a very popular U.S. senator, or Lindsey Graham, or Governor McMaster was her lieutenant governor, and he endorsed Donald Trump early. So he was very grateful that Donald Trump appointed her U.N. ambassador so he could be governor. So, <laughs> but, and, the, and really, the congressional delegation down there is with uh, uh, President Trump as well. Nancy Mace just endorsed him this past week. And uh, uh, so so it's, I don't know where she goes because it's like, you know, when you're looking at this, you know, a lot of people compare this to a political death. But she's someplace now between denial and anger. So she's. You know, kind of like the idea the idea that she could win the nomination, it's not going to happen. So she's in denial in that regard, and she'll probably campaign like she used to campaign for governor. But Donald Trump's been president, and South Carolina liked him a lot. <laughs> he's won it before. And, uh, you know, he won the primary in 2016. He, he's, he uh, you know, won the state twice when he ran for president. So, uh, you know, this time he's leading in the polls. So I don't know where she goes. And, you know, once she realizes she's going to lose her home state where the voters know her best, she's getting angry. And uh, she looked angry in her speech last night before she went out there before uh, President Trump to, you know, try to, you know, say she'd won even though she was down 11 points.
0: By the Um, way, what did you make of that strategy that she went out first? And and it was interesting because everybody, I was watching it live, John McLaughlin, and I'm thinking, is she about to announce she's dropping out? Because she clearly lost at that point. But you you almost would have thought she won the way she was acting. Was that a good strategy or was that uh, sort of a naive strategy?
1: Well, that was for her donors because She really has these big donors like Reed Hoffman, uh, the owner of LinkedIn, the billionaire supporter of Joe Biden, gave her super PAC at least $250,000. And then you've got these other never Trump oligarchs who have given her, she spent over $31 million that we know of in New Hampshire. She spent, she outspent us at least two to one in Iowa and at least two to one in New Hampshire. But you might as well tell these billionaires to just, Just, you know, go out to the dumpster, throw the cash in and throw a match to it because you're going to lose to Donald Trump. And so I think she gave that speech to try to keep the money coming in because she was already planning on going up with, you know, the same ads that didn't work in Iowa, the same ads that didn't work in New Hampshire. And she's she's out there running on electability, which is strange because she says she's 17 points up. But that poll that was a outlier was from December 4th and she crashed in the polls during the month of December where Donald Trump's ahead of Joe Biden in the polls, even, even as of today. And she was losing in mid December, uh, you know, in, in, in the, in the polls in in a, uh, in a uh, Harvard Harris poll, then she was losing to Joe Biden in a, a a Yahoo news poll. And then an economist, you poll. And then last week, Rasmussen reports had Trump up eight on Joe Biden and she was losing by two. so, she says things that at flat out aren't true and can be proven not true so for her to say she won or act like she won just kind of fit the the whole thing but it's it's you know she's not she's not there so uh, uh, the reality is this is this is going to be Donald Trump's nomination she needs to get together with the rest of the party realize that we need to have Unity in the Republican Party. We need to go fight Joe Biden. Joe Biden is preparing uh, a $200 million uh, attack on on Donald Trump in the, in the battleground states through a third party called American Bridge. Wow. And uh, yeah, so it just proves we're ahead. I mean, l- l- let's look at the facts. He's tried indicting him four times. Right. <laughs> that didn't work. He's done up in the polls. And then they tried to ban him from the ballot. That didn't work. So that's being thrown out. And then they tried to confiscate, Letitia James tried to confiscate his real estate business and his wealth and ban him from real estate in New York. And he keeps winning. And so, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, they just they can't stop him. So they've been funding Nikki Haley's campaign and she's losing. So she needs to get with the rest of the Republican Party and say, we're going to beat Joe Biden. And I'm happy to support President Trump. And uh, he's the best candidate. That's it. But, you know, it might take a little convincing by the voters of South Carolina.
0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So why is she staying in? Is there, I guess, I guess my question is also, when you look at some of these other donors, John McLaughlin, like the Reed Hoffmans, who are Democrats, is there an objective for them to keep her going, even knowing that she's not going to make it, but just to kind of keep her in the race to be Trump's thorn in the side, uh, which seems to be their pattern?
1: Um, She, well, they're, their goal is to hurt Donald Trump to make it uh, possible for Joe Biden to get reelected. So they're using her. And and, and will they she, keep
0: using her now, you know, for a while now for that reason, even if even if it's clear that she's not going to beat him?
1: Well, I, I think, that I, well, certainly the Biden uh, donors want to do that because she's been quoted saying, you know, she, anybody can give to her. And she says her opponents, when they were calling out these Biden donors, she says, well, they're just jealous. So she knows what she's doing, and she's complicit in this. But the Republican voters, like the the independents and Republicans in New Hampshire, the Republicans out in Iowa, they saw saw through this, and and you know they realize all these ads she's running are being paid for by Biden supporters. So you know that's the biggest goal inside the Republican Party. We've got ninety percent of the Republican voters want to replace Joe Biden, and they see him as crooked. They see him as you know they they sixty nine percent of all voters in the United States. Say that these indictments against Donald Trump are political. 58% think Joe Biden played a role. That's of all voters. And it's 80, 90% among Republicans. So, you know, we want our country back and we want, you know, real issues to be solved. We want inflation to go down. We want the border to be fixed. We want crime and, you know, the criminals coming in, the terrorists coming in not to be here. We want these endless wars to end because when Donald Trump was president, Putin never attacked Ukraine and Iran. Was broke and couldn't, you know, fund their terrorists against uh, Israel and the, the Americans, uh, our military that are in the uh, Persian Gulf and the in the Middle East. So, uh, you know, so it's it's like we, there's a lot of there's a lot of stake here, and you know, she, she's she's got to realize that uh, that this is this is just more than her running for an election. This is this is it's now she's got to get out of the way because. She's she's going to you know, be used by these by these Biden supporters who want to stop Donald Trump, um, you know, to, to just try to damage our, our efforts now right now. But the party, the party's coming together. The vast majority of elected officials have endorsed President Trump and are focused on beating Joe Biden.
0: You know, you talked about a whole bunch of those issues, John McLaughlin. I thought it was so interesting. In Iowa, the top issue was immigration and border, then economy. Same thing in New Hampshire. They're, of course, very worried about the northern border and the southern border. Are you surprised how big of an issue that has become? And obviously, that fits so well in President Trump's wheelhouse because he did such a great job securing the border. And we're seeing the results of an open, dangerous border right now.
1: I'm not we're not surprised. It's all over the country. Even you have an upcoming election on February 13th, a special election in the New York 3rd Congressional District. The number one issue is immigration. And it's because I mean, you know, you broadcast from New York all the time. Just walk out on the street. There's people there that don't have jobs, that that are here that are here illegally and, you know, they're on public assistance, but you know, crime's going up. It's a lot more dangerous. I mean, Long Island, you had MS13 Around the country, I mean Texas. It's unbelievable that uh, the governor of Texas tried to seal his own border by putting, you know, uh, barbed wire across the border and trying to keep people from crossing the Rio Grande. And now you got the federal government saying to the border patrol, "You got to take that barbed wire down." And the Supreme Court had a terrible ruling where they're basically saying we're going to allow the the federal uh, uh, border patrol to follow Joe Biden's orders and remove the barriers. So these illegals can come in. And when you think about the amount of illegals, I mean, it's like the number of of millions come in here. It's like the state of Pennsylvania. I mean, you know, you've got, you've got it all over the country, whether it's Arizona, Texas, um, New Mexico, California. I mean, there's, we don't know who these people are. They're not vetted. And Nikki Haley, by the way, she she not only opposed Trump's border wall when he first proposed it, she opposed his ban uh, on travel from terrorist countries. So so it's like she's got you know she's got a lot of explaining to do on the issues. She's, so right now she she says she's for these positions, but on the other hand she's it's well documented it's on video. She's uh, uh, she's had some pretty not Republican positions, and then uh, you look at. The one thing the middle class gets is Social Security, Medicare. She says the age for getting Social Security is way too low, and she wants to cut benefits, and she calls it an entitlement. To most working Americans, that's something they put into all their lives and they're counting on. So, uh, uh, you know, now, you know, when you've got Democrat governors giving free health care to illegals, and you've got, um, you know, illegals, I guess at some point will be getting Social Security if they're not being here in their lives while everybody else paid in. This is just, uh, you know, it's just something where the vast majority of Americans want to get this fixed because it's it's really out of control and it's not good for the country.
0: Yeah. And this really does play into President Trump's wheelhouse, don't you think? I mean, he is ideally suited for this moment where we have such a wide open border.
1: Yes. And he also changed the Republican Party when he ran in 2015. When he ran and nobody thought he could win and he was at like 2% of the polls, all of a sudden he says, you know. This this uh these free trade agreements are not working because we're shipping jobs over to China, to Mexico, and we're we're losing our jobs here in America. And that's why he's Donald Trump's winning in Michigan by eight points because of the auto workers. They don't wanna see the the last remaining jobs sent to China for these electric vehicles that don't work or that Americans don't want. And he also said uh, that, you know, the day he announced, he said that there's people coming here that they're not sending the best and the brightest," he said. You know, so uh, but they're coming here illegally, and he talked about you know creating a wall and securing the border back then. And now it's 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 a crisis now across America right now because local governments, state governments, they can't afford it, and the Democrats are just trying to figure out how can they register these people to vote who are not even citizens and not get caught trying to you know. Uh, allow non-citizens to vote and benefit the Democrat party. So it's just, uh, it's not, it's not a good situation. So we have to, you know, this is something that that's going to benefit Donald Trump, but he had the courage back in 2015 to raise this issue while many of the establishment Republicans were talking about how do they do amnesty? How do they do, uh, you know, trying to bring in more, uh, more immigrants that uh, are not the best for the country. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is right in his wheelhouse. And I think about also John McLaughlin when all those huge caravans of illegal migrants were heading, remember, over the bridge and all that stuff. That was right before 2016. And people said, we need to protect our country first. We need to give priority to our citizens first, Uh vet who's coming in like you're talking about. And I feel like we're living this moment again. And they're seeing the results of a disastrous policy reverting all the policies that were working under president trump and this president president biden has just changed everything and people are longing for what it feels like to have a secure country your final thoughts
1: well by the way on that last thought it's by the it's not the traditional republican coalition that supports donald trump on that issue on immigration he's winning 20 26 percent of the african-american vote nationally that we saw in our Polls on our website, McLaughlinOnline.com, that's up there. He's also winning Hispanics, 47-40, because those Hispanics that are citizens that vote came here legally and did it the right way. And there was even a Siena poll out in New York that has Trump within double digits of winning New York against Joe Biden, and he's winning the Hispanic vote precisely because legal, naturalized immigrants who are here and played by the rules resent what's going on right now, and they also see the danger of terrorists coming into the country as well as criminals that shouldn't be here. So the stakes are very high for this election.
0: Yeah, they could not be higher. So much is at stake. Well, John McLaughlin of McLaughlin Associates, you are terrific. Um, Everybody also go to McLaughlinOnline.com, as you heard, for a whole bunch of more details. John is a walking encyclopedia on this stuff. You're the best. Um, And also, everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this powerful podcast. John, thank you so much for being here.
1: Rita, thank you for the opportunity. You do a great job.
0: And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.